Um, so today's text is from James chapter 5, verse 13 to 18. And we have been going through the book of James for a few months now. And we are approaching the end, not quite the last today. We have one more in the first Sunday of November, but we are approaching that, we're getting there. So James chapter 5, verse 13 to 18. I want to just read it out for all of us. If you have your Bibles, you can follow along as well. Otherwise, you can follow me as I read. So it's James chapter 5, verse 13 to 18. And I will read from the English Standard Version. James 5, verse 13 to 18. The prayer of faith. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for, for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. So this is the text that we're looking at. Sorry, James 5, 13 to 18. And I was reflecting, how does this particular uh, section of uh, scripture fit into the, the wider discussion, wider reflections that we have been having for the past few weeks. And I realized that the title, The Prayer of Faith, is quite apt because here it seems to me that James is saying that just as faith is manifested in action, in, in our words, in the love that we have for one another, in our good deeds, in our speech, in the same way, faith must be manifested in our prayer as well. And I don't know about you, but that's such a great reminder for me uh, um, where, where I'm right now, but in general, in this 21st century that we're living in, because we are so efficient, uh, life has become so efficient, we, we know how to get by things, uh, we know how, how to take care of ourselves, we've got medicine, we've got this and that, and I find myself relying less and less on prayer and in God um, as much as I used to, I, I guess. So it comes to me as a very important message, and I hope it does for you as well. So we manifest faith, we manifest who we are as, as, um, as children of God, as God's people, through our prayers. Not just in our actions, not just in our love, our works, our speech, but also through our prayer. And that comes, of course, because communion with God, right, uh, being connected with God, is after all a practice of our faith, the outpouring of our faith. So I want to reflect on three um, large themes from this text. And I realized that as I reflected on this text, this text seems such a simple, like, like such a simple text, but I realized that there's so much in it. And I realized that I could talk for an hour or so, but nobody wants that. Um, so I'll try to summarize them. And I would leave that to you to reflect on and to, you know, to bring out for yourself. So I've got three themes, basically, uh, and I can put it in, in this way. First is when to pray. Uh, second is how to pray. And third is why to pray. Uh, not, not, the, not a technical answer to these questions, but I think it's helpful to understand. So first of all, when to pray. 
And the short answer, this, is, this question is, the answer to this question is short. The answer is all the time, in every circumstances. In 1 Thessalonians Paul, uh, chapter 5, Paul tells the Christians in Thessalonica, he says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And that's the same message is echoed as well here. So James says, is anyone struggling? Let him pray. Uh, for the readers of James, uh, we notice that this book, James, is written to Christians who are scattered around the Roman Empire and even beyond. Uh, people alienated from their loved ones, from their land. Uh, people, Christians facing persecution. They were scattered, they were uh, away from home. Missing home, no doubt. Facing pressures from authorities, uh, cultural pressure, religious pressure. And in such a situation when they are no doubt suffering, struggling, Paul, uh, James says, pray, pray in that situation. And of course, for us as well today, uh, this is relevant because we go through personally hard situations when we're juggling number of responsibilities and work, and we've got experiences, uh, experience of loss, for example, of uh, persons in our life, or even loss of comfort, loss of sleep. And um, in, in such a situation, uh, we, we find ourselves at, at the right position to pray. Also, James says, is anyone cheerful? Is anyone, anyone happy in a good time? Uh, let him pray as well. Let him praise God. Uh, and th there are times when you go through success and prosperity, right? We experience favor from uh, others, favor uh, of God in our lives. Our plans are working out as we, we plan. Our bank balances are growing. We're experiencing love from people and friendship of people. We experience good family. In such happy, cheerful moments, give praise to God. Or in, when, when we're sick, physically unwell, physical problems, right? Uh, and I remember what my mom used to say, uh, because I, I've studied in, in different parts of the world, and she, she used to pray for me and say that, uh, one of the worst things to happen is to be sick when you're away from home. And I, I know that uh, that's true because you're scattered and you're unwell. Nobody's there to take care of you. Well, we've got friends and church families and all that, but uh, I think you understand what I'm saying. Uh, when we're scattered and we're unwell, uh, and no doubt the readers of James as well, they're scattered all across the, uh, the, uh, the world, really. And uh, people who are sick, let them pray, let them, exp uh, let them practice prayer. Um, in that moment of helplessness. And also James says, if anyone has committed sin, maybe they found themselves at a point of weakness and brokenness or awareness that they have sinned, they committed some sin. Uh, even at that moment, we find ourselves, we find they, they should find themselves in the right position to pray, to pray for forgiveness. So in all occasions, really, when to pray, we can find some ways to practice prayer in whatever occasions, whatever situations that we find ourselves, even today, I guess. So when to pray, in short, at all times and in all circumstances. But how to pray? Uh, and I think it, it, in answering the, the question of how to pray, I would like to consider two things. One is we pray on a personal level, and secondly, we pray on a collective level. Okay, so on a personal, personal level, first of all, uh, we know that uh, the, the Word of God tells us that God longs for communion with us, for a relationship with us, as some people have called it. 
And of course, this, this desire is mod was modeled in the life of Jesus. You remember how Jesus was? He always went for the person. He doesn't call, okay, CC people, okay, Hong Kong people, okay, Indian people. No, he doesn't do that. He called people by name and he calls persons by name and he engages with persons on a personal level, uh, asking really deep, intimate questions. Like, how many husbands do you have? I mean, who asked that, right, to a stranger? But Jesus goes for, seeks out the person. And I think that points to who God is, that he seeks us, he, he seeks for a personal communion with us. So we, pray, first of all, how do we pray? We pray on a personal level. We connect to God, and by praying to God, for example, in our suffering, we are acknowledging that we are finite, that we don't have everything together. Uh, we may have uh, science, we may have skills, we may have connections and wealth, but we are still finite, as we reflected a few Sundays back as well from James chapter four. That acknowledging that we are helpless and we are, uh, that we need to appeal to something beyond our wealth, our skills, our connections, and our knowledges, our techniques, right? So we, 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 we are acknowledging that we are appealing to something beyond ourselves. And we are acknowledging that we are appealing to God, depending in God. Also, when we pray on a personal level, we are also acknowledging that it is God who gives. Uh, in our happy, cheerful moments, we praise God because we acknowledge that it is God who has given us the good things. Um, as James chapter 1, verse 17 says, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. Um, and when we praise God, we are acknowledging that, really. We are saying that it is God who has given, and I acknowledge that, and I praise you for that. So how to pray? First of all, we pray on a personal level. But what's exciting about this text is that it takes us to a collective level as well. And James invites Christians to pray on a collective level, to pray for one another. Uh, he says, if, if is anyone sick among you, let him seek out the elders uh, of the congregation. Um, essentially, seek out the prayer of others for you. Seek to be prayed for, right? I, I've realized in my own experience that I'm willing to pray for others, but uh, it's, it's, a, it's a kind of a vulnerability to be willing to be prayed for, to share ourselves about ourselves to somebody so that they can pray for. But James is saying, seek out people who can pray for you, who can, uh, who can uh, connect with you and share that, uh, the, the burden. So there's a community or collective responsibility to pray for one another that James is pointing to here. And he says, confess your sins to one another. Uh, hear each other's needs and hear each other's challenges. Uh, support one another. And when it's appropriate, proclaim the forgiveness of God to one another. Not that we forgive God, for, forgive one another on, on the place of God, but we proclaim uh, the grace of God, proclaim the forgiveness of God and God's grace to one another. When needed, we should correct and guide one another. And it, all in all, we are acknowledging that yes, we are finite and we need each other to support us. We need each other to proclaim the good news of God's forgiveness to one another in the community, in the collective level. So the, the second question was how to pray. Um, again, like I said, this is not the technical answer to how to pray, but uh, according to what the text says here, we are invited to pray on a personal level 
and we are invited to pray on a collective level. The third question was, why to pray? Why to pray? And I think um, there's a tendency to think of prayer as simply a therapeutic practice, as something that we do to, you know, it's, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Meditation is a good thing because you pause and you stay in the moment and you, uh, you forget about all your worries. And it's a very therapeutic thing. Uh, I think James is saying that it's certainly he's not addressing the question, but what I'm trying to say is it's, prayer is more than just being therapeutic. It's more than just meditation because prayer is more than just finding solace for those who are suffering and struggling. Or prayer is more than just having solidarity for one another who are vulnerable to give us peace of mind when we're in need or as an opportunity to be friends and fellowship with one another. Prayer is more than that. And James says, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And I think that that is definitely much more than therapeutic. And I think that's because prayer, prayer is effective and powerful because prayer connects with God. And it is God who gives good things, right? It is God who gives perfect things. It is God who forgives our sins. It is God who heals our bodies. It is God who uses ordinary things like oil or ordinary people like friends in the church to bring healing to our, to our lives and transformation to our lives. It is God who does that. And that is why prayer is powerful and effective uh, when it is done in the name of Jesus. The power comes from God. Um, the, the power of prayer is not in the oil that James is saying. It's not that oil is particularly spiritual or like holy water and stuff like that, or that we are particularly spiritual and powerful that we have to pray for one another. Well, we might be, but that's not the point. The point is that the power rests in God. In fact, we, would, we can say that we are free to be ordinary when we pray because the power rests in God and not in us. After all, God is the one who created our bodies and all the beautiful things that we see around us. He is the one who brings wholeness and uh, shalom in, in, into existence, order out of chaos. And so it makes sense that we pray to God to bring wholeness and shalom to our lives, to our bodies, to our relationships, and all of that stuff. And as though to, to establish this point, James points to Elijah, the prophet Elijah. And um, I'm sure that you know or you have heard a bit about Elijah as well. Elijah was a prophet and he was active in a time when God's people were practicing idolatry and they were being unfaithful to God, serving other gods and, and other goals and agenda, uh, particularly uh, in the reign of the king Ahab, who was uh, a, a very particularly um, notorious king. And, uh, and Elijah was zealous for the Lord. He was passionate for God. But Elijah was just like us. He got scared and he fled when Queen Je Jezebel uh, vowed to kill him. She was so angry because Eli Elijah was overly passionate about the God of Israel. And she vowed to kill him. The, the, the queen vowed, vowing to kill Elijah the prophet, and he, he got scared and he fled. He was just like us, he was fearful. And he complained to God. Uh, one of those uh, overly dramatic uh, prophets, uh, he said, take my life, I'm no better than my ancestors. Um, and he, he sulked against God. 
he slumped himself on the ground and God had to literally feed him with, with birds. Such was this guy. But what's interesting about Elijah is that even in that moment when he was angry against God, he went to God. He confronted God and he approached God. Uh, he did not run away from God, but he went to God. And he was steadfast in prayer. And the particular event that James talks about here is when he prayed to God to stop the rain and it didn't rain for three years and six months according to what James says here and then he uh, and then he prayed again he said let there be uh, I, I mean I'm just paraphrasing I don't know whether he prayed like that but he prayed and then there was rain again right and um, that became a point of uh, uh, an evidence that God was with him and the point here is that James, James is pointing out that something that you cannot control like the rain, you, God has control over it. And you can pray for that. You can pray for the situations that, we are, that are out of control and God is able to affect change in that. So why, to, why should we pray? We pray because healing, forgiveness of sins, blessings, deliverance, salvation, they come from God. And so we pray. That is the reason why we pray. So, when to pray, how to pray, and why to pray. And just before I conclude, uh, I was thinking about this, uh, this text in the wider context of James. If you remember James chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, um, James tells the Christians, when you go through trials, endure, be patient, persevere. If you claim to have faith, help the needy, right? Uh, pray for wisdom. If any of you lacks wisdom, pray for wisdom. And pray for strength and patience to persevere and to be steadfast. And indeed, there are times when we have to be steadfast to act out our faith and love one another and be patient. But there are other times, right, when things are out of our control. Like when we're sick. Like, like when the farmer is waiting for the rain. And those are the times when we rely on God to help us because it is God who, who is in control ultimately. And so I was just thinking about how glad I am that this text exists because otherwise it would sound like our Christian faith is about you got to be tough, endure, 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 keep being perseverant, keep being steadfast like a lone wolf warrior. Uh, keep going on, uh, deal with it. Um, don't falter, be steadfast. It feels like it's going to be like that. But here in this text, James taught, invites us, there are sometimes you have to pray. Sometimes you have to just trust in God. Sometimes you have to call your friends and people to pray for you and to support you and to proclaim words of grace and forgiveness to one another. So I'm really glad that this text exists because it tells us that we can lean on God as we endure. We are not, uh, we're, we're not called to be like the stoic hero just enduring by himself or herself going into the, the battle zone, so to say. But we are invited to, to trust in God, to be ordinary, as ordinary as we can be, and to trust in God who is uh, the one who, who gives the power. So sometimes we have to just pray for the rain. Sometimes we have to just uh, trust in God and trust in one another for that. So as I close, I want to invite us to maybe a time of reflection. Um, um, feel free 
to, uh, to pray with me as we reflect on this. And I want to ask uh, these few questions. That is, what part of your life do you find yourself today? Uh, in these few uh, paradigms that James has given, are you struggling? Are you cheerful? Are, are you sick? Or are, are, are you, uh, you find yourself in a position where you realize you have committed sin? Um, what, what part of your life do you find yourself today? Where are you? And I, I want I would invite us, uh, maybe if you'd like to close your eyes and to reflect on how you can practice prayer in your life, wherever you are at this moment today. So I'll just, if it's not weird, I'll just give you like two minutes uh, and you can uh, close your eyes and reflect in silence as much as you can. And uh, yeah, so I'd like to give a minute or two for that. Let me pray as I conclude. Almighty God, we thank you that you have given us grace to bring our prayers to you. And you promised us that when two or three agree together in your name, you will grant their requests. Fulfill, O Lord, our desires and our prayers as may be best for us. Grant us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the world to come life everlasting. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.